Seahawks fans wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're talking Seahawks football. We are facing the uh, the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football this uh, this coming week. Clearly, and, you're excited about it, Bill. Since oh, you're, I, you're not, um, I'm not all the way here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I am. I swear I am. Um, so the Saints come into town. They had a bye week last week. We lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so we're just going to talk about expectations, what we think, what we think of the Saints coming in, where the Seahawks are at at two and four, what it all means, and what we expect on Monday night. So welcome in. Yeah, um, you know this is a big game for Seattle. They they're already behind. They're you know two and four. Their season's kind of on the brink of of getting away from them, or to the point where even if you know they get Wilson back and and they go on a run. If they lose this game and the next one, it's gonna it'll be too little, too late. Uh, and they've, and that's what happens when you're starting quarterback. It's out. You need your backup to come in and at least keep you afloat. They don't have. We were never expecting Gino to come in and you know rattle off five wins in a row. But to they lost last week. They need to win here. Um, and if they don't win here, then the Jacksonville game becomes a must win or the season's over. Um, and it really comes down to, comes down to that. Like they, they're, they're in a precarious position and they need to step up and perform. Yeah, it is kind of precarious. I mean, it feels that way. And we had, um, a couple shows this week where we talked about that a little bit and, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting time because at two and four for me, now a lot of fans kind of get amped up a little bit. There's, they throw out a lot of stuff, you know, so, uh, is it time to move on from Wilson? Does he even want to stay anymore? Um, Pete Carroll needs to go. John Schneider's done a terrible job with the last 15 drafts. I mean, just everything, right? Um, and, at, and at two and four, I guess you expect that. For me, I kind of have the opposite effect. I kind of relax a little bit. I let the, the season kind of come to me. I know that it's not going exactly the way I wanted it to, but it's not necessarily over yet. A lot of things can happen in the NFL. A lot of things mm-hmm. can happen with this team. It can catch fire. Maybe the running game starts start, that started up last week continues this week. You know, uh, we just don't know. So you just kind of have to let things play out a little bit. And I think where you said it, this is a really important week next week as well with uh, Jacksonville Jaguars is also important because those are two games that Seattle, at least on paper, has a really good chance to take. This one's going to be a, the tougher of the two, but it's at home and you'd expect them to kind of want to take care of business. And I do in a certain way. However, to me, it's still a toss up type of game just because of the way the season's gone so far. Yeah. I mean, the, this idea that, that they have to win doesn't mean that they're going to, I mean, this is good. This is a tough game against a good team, um, a well-coached team, a team that's flawed in, in some ways. And that's why they're beatable, but they're still, uh, they've still got, considerable talent and good coaching and that is you know 
that's that's a recipe for winning. And so Seattle's gonna have their work cut out for him in this game, but it's not impossible. This isn't like a well, you know, they're going in and and expecting to lose. They're it's a winnable game. Yeah, this thing would play be well to do it. Yeah, this thing would be set up, I think, really well if Russell Wilson was here as the quarterback because of oh, the, absolutely. The, the Saints are set up both offensively and defensively. Um, now with Geno Smith as quarterback, it's kind of the opposite of what you want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. Less uh, acute passing um, where we where we really need it. And we're going to want to rely on the run game. And that's where uh, the Saints uh, do a really good job um, defending the run. So something's got to give there. I think it comes down to which team are we going to see in this game? Are we going to see the team that came out in the third quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers and kind of blew me away a little bit with their attitude and the way that they really kind of actually seemed like they wanted the game? And for the first time in a couple of weeks where it was just like there was a little bit of urgency there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like to see that regardless of wins or losses right now. I want to see that sort of attitude thing kind of come through because to not have that at all makes you kind of feel hopeless. I think as a fan, when you see the team is also kind of hopeless, but when you see them really playing hard, um, you can take that loss if it's really a hard fought game. And I think they give that to the the Pittsburgh Steelers at least in the second half. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they did, they went, came from 14 points down, forced it into overtime, um, played pretty well on both sides of the ball uh, there, at least in the third quarter, um, Pittsburgh made some adjustments defensively, which took away the running game. And and that was kind of, of it for Seattle's offense. But um, at least in the third quarter and entering the fourth, this, it was a team where the Seattle looked like the better team. And if they can come out with that kind of intensity, that kind of game plan and that kind of execution, you know, they, they can beat a team like New Orleans. They, you know, could have won last week. Yeah. Um, they should definitely beat a team like Jacksonville a week from now. You know, and, and when you take a look at New Orleans as well, their offense has some special players in it, but mm-hmm. um, they're not really well put together as an overall offensive unit. Um, they kind of remind me a little bit of the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in that sense, in that they are really kind of a bottom half of the NFL type of an offense as they're currently constructed. Jameis Winston comes in. He's actually done a fairly decent job for them. Um, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, 108 passer rating overall. Um, leads the NFL yeah, but, but with only, eight touchdowns under pressure. I say he's only thrown for 892 yards. Yeah, right. So he's in, so they're not really throwing the ball very much. Yeah. And, so, and, and he's that's only in, completing 60% of his passes. So And that's in five games. And so Russell Wilson played four and a half games. So he played four full games and then a half of the fifth game before uh, the finger injury knocked him out. And, you know, just just as a comparison, um, Winston through five games has just under 900 yards and Wilson has just under 1,200 yards. So, yes. right, there, this is not a prolific passing offense. No. Uh, and No, but it is somewhat efficient um, it is. In, the, in the way that it, that it operates. And then its run game is a little bit better. It's, they've still got Alvin Kamara there. Um, they don't have a lot behind him. So, you know, if he's going to go all game, that might be a little tough for him. Mm-hmm. But Seattle hasn't been great at defending the run this do you year. Know who their, do you know who their second leading rusher is? Um, is it is it Winston? 
It's James Winston, their yeah. quarterback. At, you know, he's at 86 I, yards on 20 attempts. And I was so, thinking it was, you know, in my head, I wanted to say, what's the other kid's name? Taysom, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. He's uh, third. He just hasn't been getting a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. this year. It's been interesting. And now we break away from our regular show to give you a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL game to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But the defense is kind of where it's at for for uh, for them. They haven't yep. been getting to the quarterback, so the pressure hasn't been coming up front, and they have been giving up a few pass plays on the back end. But they do everything fairly well, and they really defend the run excellent. I think they're third or second or third in the NFL um, defending the run. So they're going to take that away from you. They're going to certainly try to take that away from the Seahawks make Seattle a one-dimensional team. You, you hear about this all the time. We talk about it a lot with how teams want to defend Russell Wilson. And um, it's hard to do, but it might be, it, it's going to be interesting because of the question marks with Seattle's running backs right now. Uh, it, it's, you know, Chris Carson's out. We know that for sure. Um, Collins was injured. We don't know exactly where he's at status-wise, if he's ready to go on Sunday, or excuse me, Monday or not. Uh, Rashad yeah, Penny is supposed to come in. Yep, and be no, fully ready to go. They won't make a, a roster move and make that official until Friday, but um, that's supposed to happen this week. And the extra day is good for Collins because he's got that hip injury, and if he has a chance to get back, that extra day will help him get back. Um, but if he doesn't, you know, I mean, this is Penny is he's there. He has been kept on the roster. He's being given a chance. If he's healthy and he goes, he has to come in and blow and perform. the doors off. I mean, come on, come right? He needs to come in and like have a game. Yep. Have a game. Um, so so there's that. And we've also got Dallas and Homer. Homer's actually impressed me a little bit more this year with limited attempts. He's, he's I mean, as a runner, he's great on the outside. This is it's the same problem that he's had since he was a rookie year. He's if you can get him into space on the outside, his quickness is incredible, but he just isn't a tough runner up the middle, but he's great as a receiver and he does good things. He has actually impressed more this year. He's been a little bit more dynamic and a less just, I don't know, I wouldn't say plotting, but it's just sometimes it felt like he yes. was playing in slow yeah. motion. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like he, David Moore last year returning uh, kicks. It's like, yeah. 
I never saw a guy move so much and actually move on the field so little. Like yeah. he just seemed like he was churning in the same spot. Um, and, and I and noticed that, just that hasn't been the case this year. Like he's, yeah. he's looked more explosive. Um, and it just, maybe the game's just slowed down for him and he's just really comfortable. I think he's actually got a little extra space, just that little extra step of space. Uh, when he initially gets the ball, I think is what he actually needs. And I think he's been getting that by virtue of, you know, the way that our blocking scheme is set up and, and the scheme itself, uh, the outside zone stretch stuff, just giving him that little extra space, I think is giving him a little bit more mo- momentum. I think it's really hard to start him when he's crowded in a, in a box. It's just hard for him to go from zero to 60 immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you expect uh, against their really decent run defense and our run game, which we sort of kind of established a little bit last week. Is there any possible way we can keep that momentum going this week? I think we can. Um, it really kind of comes down to is who's the back running the ball. Um, if it falls on the, on Homer and Dallas, I think the CX offense is in trouble. If, um, if Penny gets going, I mean, he's healthy. He should be fresh. Has only played, only had two carries all year because of his injury, and then, um, or if Collins comes back and is able to go, like then they they should be able to 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 get some yards here and there. I mean, they're not just going to run the ball and run it and run it and run it. You're going to have to get some yards to the air, but they can definitely take the pressure off Geno Smith by running it effectively, and I think they can. Um, it's not as easy as as last week, but they'll still be able to get some yards. Um, but it's going to be tough if it's if it's the other, if, if it's they're down to their, um, their fourth and fifth string running backs to try and get it done. So let's go into the other side. Let's talk about Seattle's defense, um, which I just still haven't quite figured out, but they did some things schematically last game that seemed mm-hmm. to help a little bit. It's but hard it's to hard. tell. It's hard to tell because we played Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. Pittsburgh came into the game ranked 27th overall on offense. And in a whole bunch of categories, you know, in the mid to low twenties, um, and so they just weren't that good. And you know, here we are, and I saw the media quite a bit patting ourselves on the back about improving on explosive plays. For example, like Pete Carroll threw out, "Well, we did better on explosive plays. We only allowed two. Well, yeah, you, you allowed two also- against the team that allows." Or has the the fewest explosive plays on offense. Yeah. I mean, in the NFL, Berger just doesn't throw the ball down the field right. anymore. Right. So so now in this game, Jameis Winston, he does have a few. Uh, you know, he has a good arm. He has a good arm, but he hasn't been getting a lot of opportunities. Sixty percent completion. They want to be able to run the ball, control the clock, make sure their defense has opportunities to take the ball away. They've been getting some interceptions this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're second or third in the NFL in interceptions. Yeah, okay. um, so we know Seattle has two interceptions so far, both of them by digs. Um, do you know how many that the Saints have? I'll just say four. Nine. What? What? They have nine interceptions. Oh my gosh. That's two a game. Yeah. Darn near. Yeah. That's that's no, and it, and when you combine that with the fact that they're not getting a lot of pressure, I think they're what, 27th or 28th in the NFL in sacks? They only have eight over five mm-hmm. games. And then, you know, pressure-wise and so forth, just haven't been getting it done. Um, 
They don't have a lot of tackles for loss either. So it's not like they're getting upfield. Okay. So you combine that with the fact they're getting all of the interceptions. How are they doing that? Um, <laughs> they just honestly, have really good defensive backs. I couldn't tell you um, because you typically you get interceptions by um, attacking the quarterback, forcing them to throw when they don't want to um, before a guy, you know, gets out of his break and, and, and that kind of stuff or getting him to throw off his back foot. And they're not really getting pressure on the quarterback. So um, either they're fooling people or they're, they've just been really lucky in terms of getting the right play call against the right play call. And well, they've been getting some opportunities too, because <clears throat> when they're you're third against the run, they allow 79 yards a game. The average in the NFL is 112. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you do that, you are make, making teams one dimensional. They're going to throw a little bit more at you and that's just more opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then their, their defensive backs are, are pretty decent. Um, they're third in the de- in defense and points allowed as well at 18.2. So they're doing a good job. Their red zone efficiency is really good. Um, they are 24th and allowing 275 yards passing per game, but that's just because they're forcing teams to pass a lot. They're playing with the lead and all that kind of stuff. Um, what else? Uh, so we're, we're looking at their defense and this is one of the things that I th- found, found fascinating. Uh, and it tells you a little bit about how little teams are running on you. Um, because when you start throwing, right, some of the plays end in either somebody running out of bounds or, uh, an incomplete. So the plays happen without tackles where in, in, you know, a running team is going to force the opposing team to make a lot of tackles. Uh, the leading tackler on the saints has 38 tackles. That's, um, Demario Davis. The leading tackle wow. for the Seahawks is Bobby Wagner, of course, with 72. Yeah. So 38, 72. There are five Seahawks that have uh, that have 38 or more um tackles. Interesting. So I mean, teams can run on Seattle. Teams do not run on the Saints. I watched the Saints. I can't even remember the game now. I watched an early game. And um, it might have been the Green Bay game. It was the Green Bay game where they beat Green Bay in the home, in their opener. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I've completely underestimated the New Orleans Saints yeah. in, in my preseason kind of prognostications and thinking that they had to completely rebuild. They were moving on from Drew Brees, et cetera. And they looked really good solid on defense i mean i was kind of like i was projecting okay the seahawks are gonna have to face this defense at some point and that's gonna be a real uphill battle and so and then now it's without russell wilson and so how do we outscore this team how do we how do we win what's the formula for scoring more points holding the ball longer and wearing this team down well i mean we saw it in the third quarter Last year, it's getting. Yes, this team is hard to run on, um, but Seattle's running game is designed in its schematics to be able to get yards. You're not going to run every down and get yards, but you can run here and there. You can mix things in, and you can get that going. And and the they need to get some running yards because it allows them to do more in the passing game and make it simple for Geno. If they have to drop back and throw all the time you know that that's not a recipe that's for success for seattle because 
then that makes it really complex and hard for Gino. And you don't want that. He's it, a bad does, quarterback. It does seem like, you know, if you can take the run game that's semi-effective and also the short passing game, the quick tempo stuff, um, crossing routes, um, all that kind of stuff, it seems like that would be complimentary for Gino, um, mm-hmm. where he can kind of handle that. Now, if you're going to put the ball in his hand for a while and expect him to throw down field, I think those opportunities will will be there if that other stuff works. Yeah. If it doesn't work and they're forcing him to be the guy, um, I think they can take that away. So it's really imperative that Seattle tries to run the ball, tries to run it effectively, and also the short passing game is is kind of effective um, so that we can take those shots because they aren't getting to the quarterback. So we know Gino can probably get have some time to go through his progressions and reads. And we, we've we seen that he can get the ball down the field, you know, 20, 25 yards when he needs to, but he needs to have the mm-hmm. space to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, and if you look at what Pittsburgh did uh, in that game, they were really worried about Metcalf and Lockett and they put two safeties back and they, they took away the long ball and just said, you are not going to throw it long. And, and they weren't going to throw it long anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, weird. well, you've got, you've got um, two of the best, you know, deep ball catchers in, in the game. So I can understand them wanting to protect against those, those particular players. But when Seattle, when they got the offense going is when they started running against that. And it forced, it forced the Steelers to bring one of the safeties up to the line of scrimmage to stop the run. But when they, and when they did that, that's when you should start taking your shots, right? You got one-on-one coverage on the outside. You gotta, you gotta exploit it. And instead it just led to a whole bunch of sacks and the, the sacks with Gino in there could not take advantage of that new look. And you know that uh, the saints watching that tape goes, well, that's what we're going to do. So they're going to come out with, with a single high safety and an extra guy in the box to stop the run. And it's going to be up to the Seahawks and Gino to get them out of that defense by completing some passes, make, getting the ball to Metcalf and letting him do his thing. Um, you know, the same with Lockett. So if they can do that and they can get that, that safety out of the box, then you start running it. Right. And so it's, at this point you're dictating what they're doing. Um, and so it's like, you know, you, you want to stay up close to the line of scrimmage. Well, we'll beat that. You want to drop back and, and cover because you're worried about Metcalf. Okay. Well, we'll run on you. And uh, that's what this, this offense is built around. That's what, uh, Shane Waldron has designed and wants it hasn't really completely come to fruition because of Wilson's desire to um, throw the long ball and 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 wanting to generate explosive plays and then his injury and Gino's inability to throw the long ball and generate explosive plays so right. um, but we'll see I mean it it's designed to do that they have the they have the schematic uh stuff and they have the weapons around Gino to make it happen. It's just a matter of is he capable of making it happen? And we don't know. We'll find out. Speaking of quarterbacks, the Seahawks claim Jacob Eason off waivers from the um <clears throat> the Indianapolis Colts this afternoon. So that'll be interesting to follow um long term to see if mm-hmm. he might settle in as being either the number three or number two guy. <clears throat> we'll see how Geno Smith does. There what happened to some- Jake 
What happened to Jake Luton? Is he still He's on the roster? He's still on the roster right now. So everyone's on the roster, including Etling, is still back on the practice squad as well. So there'll be some moves going mm-hmm. on in the next day or two. But they did make it official that Jacob Eason is on the 53, and he has to be. He was claimed off waivers. So yep. um, we'll see how that goes. We'll see what that means. So that gives them four rost- four quarterbacks on the 53. <laughs> and it gives them about three weeks to figure this out until the bye. Well, I guess actually the court, at the quarterback position, Wilson's not on the 53. So they have three quarterbacks on the 53. You've got currently you've got, and, and a practice squad guy, Gino Luton and Easton, and then Ellingson practice squad. So, but yeah, cause Wilson's on IR. And so, um, you know, the saints have a, have a trio of, of rookies that are doing really well. Um, Peyton Turner, mm-hmm. um, edge rusher, strong, fast, shifty, um has got one sack but he's got nine tackles three tackles for loss five hurries three quarterback hits he's a guy that we should probably pay attention to pete werner is a linebacker that i was i really liked out of ohio state in the draft i thought he could have been a a good third fourth round candidate um but you know we've spent some high picks on on um on linebackers lately so he was kind of off the board but he's a kind of an interesting guy and then paulson adebo was one of those corners that uh-huh. i thought seattle would have their eye on there in the second round maybe going into the third if they fell back a little bit and um you know he's third on the team in tackles with 23 um two pass defense um a guy that that i wouldn't mind two on the interceptions roster right now yeah two, two interceptions He's got two interceptions too. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I didn't have that written down. So yep. that even made, is more impressive. I, you know, it's just one of those things where you just, you know, it's like we went through that draft so many different times and just kind of knew those players in those first four or five rounds pretty well. And he would have just been an excellent fit. He would have for Seattle. But let's see what Trey Brown turns into. He, I think he's he's going to get another opportunity here. Um, he he's going to and he deserves it he played well and uh you know at one point made a tackle that felt like a game-saving tackle and then you know it ended up not not coming uh you know the the offense didn't respond in the way that it needed to but the the, he played well he's earned more opportunities he's earned more chances he had 40 40 snaps and earned a over like 70 close to 75 i think pro football focus grade in that game Um, that was his first real action in the nfl yeah, which is really solid. And I was impressed just by the way that he came in. His The, the nature of the way that he wanted to play was was, was aggressive. And uh, you'd like to see that right out of the gate. That's awesome for his first experience out there. So um, Actually, what was most impressive when I went back and kind of watched the uh, the tape was that the, the big um, flaw in his game, the, the, the really bad habit that, that made me cringe watching handsy. him play. He was more than handsy. He was grabby. He was pulley. He, he, if worth, you know, because the NFL is so hard on cornerbacks, right? They, they can't breathe on a wide receiver. It's a penalty. And every single play that you watched in for him in, in college was something that could have been called um, as pass interference or holding in the NFL. Every play. And I was like, I don't know if he can get out of that. And he, there were a few plays that I thought he could have been called for, but they were close. But there were a bunch of plays where he just played well, yeah. played strong. Interesting. And, um, you know, and, a lot so, of that from college has got to be coached that way. 
It might be, or it might just be that, or I mean, yes, but it's or, like, or he never learned any other way. Or he did it because he knew he could get away with it. And now all he's all not doing yeah. now he's now he's not doing it because he knows he'll get called. Uh, but he's still managing to be successful without it. Um, and that's the important part. That was the part that I didn't know. Like, could he continue to play at a high level as a cover corner without um being handsy? Because there's no evidence of that in his college tape. And from what I saw in you know, this game against Pittsburgh. There's evidence of it in his pro tape because he did it. He was able to um, cover, you know, players without um, holding them on every play. And so now we have evidence that we didn't have before, which is good to know. All right. Uh, prediction time. No. The Seahawks really struggled last week in the first half, mm-hmm. really brought it back in the third quarter. Um, it really kind of depends on which, which offense shows up in this game. Um, dictates how many points i mean they scored 20 points against a fairly pedestrian pittsburgh defense i'm not pedestrian but you know top 15 ish but wasn't doing really anything special i i didn't think they did have five sacks put some pressures on in the game but we ran the ball effectively you know to kind of counter that and so forth so Mm -hmm. in this game it's hard because geno smith is not Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson would give them a clear advantage in this game. And now it's almost neutral for me, like even below neutral. Like we're really going to have to fight an uphill battle to get this game. Depends on how bad they want it. And even that might not be enough. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. But give me your, give me your thoughts. I say, well, you know, just in what you were saying, Gino and, and, and Wilson are so very different quarter quarterbacks, despite the fact that you know, you look at them, they both throw well on the run and they're, they're both they're, in the same system. Yeah. Right. And, and they're, they're both guys that like to extend plays if they can, but Gino's a guy that's going to dink and dunk and, and, and pick up the stuff underneath and, and try to extend drives by getting a whole bunch of little tiny, um, you know, four or five yard gains or Wilson. I mean, he'll take some of that, but mostly he wants to go deep. He wants to generate explosives and he can, he's really good at it. This is a team the the saints that you beat by connecting on those explosive plays because they're going to make it hard for you to dink and dunk them uh in the long drives um but they're susceptible to some explosive plays over the top and the Seahawks just don't have the quarterback to do that they've got the receivers to do it yeah. and maybe this is one of those those day those times when um, you know, you take some chances with Gino did, and just let him fling it <laughs> yeah I'd say mean, say like you three got, or four times a game is yeah, you, you've got the guys. They're going to be the, out there. They're going to be open. Just get it out yeah. near Especially them. Especially with DCAP. I, I think you could say to Gino, listen, you're going to have three opportunities in this game to go deep with DK. Go ahead and let it go. And just let it go. We'll just we'll let DK go climb and, and if it, figure if it's it out. A, if it's an interception, then it's an arm punt. And if, right? it, yeah, if it, you're going to exactly. throw, throw it, you're going to throw it 45, 50 yards. And, exactly. And you're, we're not screwing up the defense because of field position or any of that, but the opportunity just like we talked about taking some chances on the defensive side of the ball in Mm -hmm. the, in the last week or two. Now it's time to start taking a few chances on the offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Two and four. Let's, it it is what it is. You're going to have to take some chances to win some games. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just going to lose by attrition. So, okay. So get back to your kind of prediction thought train. Um, no, I was going on down that thought train, hoping that you'd forget 
um, <laughs> that that was my that was my. Do you want me to go first? Okay, okay, I'll go, go first. Uh, I'll go first. I, I don't really want to predict this game because I don't even want to think well, about it. I'm just gonna come out with a score. Honestly, I've um, I get I get beat on enough by everyone on on YouTube saying I'm negative, so I don't really want to throw my prediction out there because it's not a positive one. Um, but I will go first just because it's there. I I think Seattle's gonna have a hard time scoring. I think the Saints are gonna have a hard time scoring, and this is gonna be a low scoring game. But I just think the Saints defense is good enough against a it's a mediocre Seahawk offense without Wilson. Um, it was it was great. It was the best offense in the NFL by many different measures with Wilson. It's still but, number six in DVOA on offense. Yeah, um, and so, but it's that's a big drop in one week. <laughs> um, yes, from right. being the from well, being it's a, one. it's five quarters without Russell Wilson, or however mm-hmm. many quarters so far. Yeah, and and so they they've gone from one to six in six quarters. Um, because they've, it's not the same and a really good defense. Seattle's offense isn't great. That's kind of, that's a, that's not a good combination. The saints offense isn't great, but Seattle's defense is struggling, um, to be nice. Uh, I just think that it just lines up in a way that it just doesn't favor Seattle. And even being at home, uh, I'm not willing to give it to them. I'm thinking this game ends up 2017. New Orleans. Wow. You, and, you and I were thinking almost the exact same way. And I'm going to tell you how. So I was counting the field goals like that Seattle would, would have in this game. So mm-hmm. I was going, okay, three, six, nine, 12. Okay. So four field goals and then a touchdown. So that's 19. Mm-hmm. So that's my prediction. <laughs> uh, 19 Seahawks, Saints, 13. We get this game. It's Monday night. It's at home. The Seahawks' defense is interesting. But when you look at it, we're evenly matched with their offense. We're number 22 in DBOA on defense. They're not great. They are, you know, a, a middling 20s type of an offense. So I think that we can neutralize that. The question is, can Geno Smith orchestrate enough of our offense with some dynamic playmakers that we do have around him and Rashad Penny maybe coming back and giving the team a spark. Who knows? But if it happens, if Rashad Penny comes in and gives the spark, then my 19 goes up. But if everything's kind of the way that we've been playing, I'm going to say 19, 13. And, and the wow. Seahawks surprise on defense and maybe, maybe generate a, a turnover or two. I mean, in your opinion, is the Saints offense significantly better than Pittsburgh's? <sighs> um. No, no, just it, in a couple players like Kamara, obviously, right? I think it's slightly, I think it is better. I don't think but, it's, but Michael Johnson, better. is it Michael Johnson that's out Their their wide receiver? I can't remember his, his name. Um, um, they're, they're big wide receiver guys out of this game. And I just think that they're somewhat, and they don't have really a backup running back situation, to, so to speak. Taysom Hill's their guy. Um, I just think that, yeah, it's about like Pittsburgh. You got a, a quarterback that's almost like uh, Ben Roethlisberger and his effectiveness right now, 60% completion percentage. He's got a little bit more, a few more touchdowns than interception ratio, which gives Jameis Winston the advantage there. But it's not a, a huge advantage. Um, so I'm thinking that's going to be approaching 
about the same. Mm-hmm. So my my thought process is is Seattle's offense better than New Orleans defense for for one game. And no, the answer probably is no. There's probably seven out of ten times um New Orleans is gonna win this game just from their defense. Um, but I'm saying it's Monday night and stuff happens and I think Seattle gets this game. I think they really want it too. They came out with you know, with the Pittsburgh thing in the third quarter, kind of unified that team a little bit, I think, and they come out the same way. So that's just me. So you think Deontay Harris, is that the wide receiver? Deontay Harris is the guy they're leading receiver right now. I think he's got like 300 yards of of receiving yards right now. Um, But the other guy. Because he's questionable right now, but he's. Michael Thomas is is missing. Uh, Oh, yeah. He's out for the year. Um, And so Marquise Galloway and Deontay Harris. Yep. um, And Kenny Stills is there. Harris leads the team with 236 receiving yards on 12 catches. Uh, Callaway has 13 receptions for 222 yards. But that's it. That's really their offense. They've got tight ends, Juwan Johnson, mm-hmm. Adam Troutman, that are, you know, still coming along. Troutman's a rookie. Um, I mean, if if Alvin Kamara gets hurt at some point in this season, this offense is going to struggle. He's- and even Alvin Kamara is struggling a little bit. He leads yeah, I mean, the team with 368 yards rushing, but has 15 receptions, but only 113 yards off those receptions. So really not he's as productive as he has been. Only averaging 3.9 yards per carry because teams are keying on him. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it, it, if it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an issue for them. And if Deontay Harris can't go, I think I said, I, I think he's expected to play. Um, but if he can't go, so then you're looking at Callaway and Kenny Stills as really the only wide which receiver, is, which is no. not a threat. It's no. just really that's a plotting offense at that point. And I think it's going to be somewhat plotting. And I think mm-hmm. against Seattle's defense, I think Seattle is again, it's one of those games. And we talked about it before the Pittsburgh game. It's a game, an opportunity to kind of get right where you mm-hmm. kind of show out, you're able to do some stuff. You're able to have some effectiveness in stopping the run and defending the pass. Um, I just I just feel good about this game. I don't know why we're two and four. We're, it's like the 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 season could really go from here. You lose the next two games, we're talking. We're having a, a completely different conversation about. See, you're starting to convince everything. me. You're starting to convince me because I'm looking at this at this offense a little a little closer at the players that are involved. And you're right. Like you you key on Camara because there's just not a lot else. That's I mean, they have the tenth. To, they have the tenth best running offense in the nfl 10th and that's that's where they're at but passing they're 31st mm-hmm. um yeah, they I mean, are really good on third down efficiency they're 10th in the nfl they're first in red zone efficiency yeah. so they you know but they're 28th in points or, or, or excuse me um 11th in points but 28th overall in total yardage so their defense, those interceptions you talked about, uh-huh. are helping that's, them flip the fields and yep. have shorter fields to operate on, so thereby that's, increasing their red zone efficiencies. Well, and then you look at that. So if your defense is giving you a lot of short fields, you can score points without having to rack up a lot of yards. Um, and mm-hmm. is that a case where the offense isn't good enough to have had more yards, or is it just that they haven't needed to because – 
They keep yes, getting well, short I mean, fields. in five games, and you've got what nine interceptions and a fumble recovery. They've had they've had um, ten. They, they haven't had to yet. They haven't had to yet. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't so, know if they were pressed into service if they could march down the field consistently for five six drives in a game. Mm-hmm. They haven't done it. We'll see. Seattle's yeah. in the same boat. You know, Seattle's in the same boat with uh, with a new quarterback in Geno Smith. Can we consistently march down the field and score? Um, it hasn't appeared that they can consistently in in yeah. in, in a game and a half with Geno. They've had they had one really good drive against the Rams and the two in um, the third quarter against uh, Pittsburgh. And the rest of the time, it hasn't been a good offense. It just hasn't. And now Collins might be out. We're missing Carson. You know, so just a lot mm-hmm. of things to overcome for Seattle. It's just one of those things, but it's not like they don't face these things all the time. And mm-hmm. I think that they just they just need to step up. Next next man up, it happens to be Penny. Let's go see what we've got in Penny. I mean, mm-hmm. it's time to ride that rock because we've, we've been waiting for him. <laughs> we've been waiting ever. And I'm sure that he's impatient too. Like mm-hmm. he wants to go out there and perform. Let's let him. Yeah. Let's give him. Let's give he's got to got to give him a chance. He's he's got to take this chance and, and do something with it because it's probably his last one. At least in Seattle, it is. Okay. I think that's it. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Okay. Follow Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. I'm at NWSeahawks. The show is at Hawks Playbook on Twitter. SeahawksPlaybook.com is our website. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe. So until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.